It's the next level. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 129 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. We are doing double duty today, but you're only going to hear it once uh, over the course of this weekend as we are recording our Titans Titans talk. I don't, I don't know. What are we calling it? I guess just... Episode 129. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, as we're, since the Arrowverse is on its break, we are currently in the midst of our Titans breakdown. 11 episodes to get through, which we're breaking up into three different episodes of the podcast. Uh, we gave you episodes one through three last week. Today, we're going to give you episodes four through se- uh, four through seven. Uh, yeah, four through seven. I had to double check my math there. Uh, and then next week, you're going to hear our breakdown of episode eight through 11. But man, I watched uh, before before we get into the breakdown and everything. I I watched episodes four through four through eleven pretty much in two days. Yeah, and... we, we me and my wife did the same. Like we we watched uh, four through seven. Uh, seven kind of was just like okay, I think we'll take a break there because I will say this, and we'll we can both get it out of the way. Uh, episode seven, Asylum, was probably the slowest and the weakest of the entire series. Uh, but um, every episode we watched, though, especially four, five, and six, we're like, "Oh my god, next episode!" Four, uh, yeah, like episode like five. Oh my god, give me the next episode. Six. Oh my god, give me the next next episode. <laughs> episode seven. Okay, I can take a break here. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, we'll we'll get into the breakdown of like episode seven and wh- why we. Why we kind of feel the way that we do about it. But yeah, I actually watched them a little differently. I watched episodes four through six, uh, and then the next day, seven through 11. So I did three and one, five the next. And man, I I'm, by the time episode 11 was over, like I was already eager to jump into season two. I was incredibly ready myself. I... Man, with without us going into the back part of the season, um, which we'll talk about in about forty-five minutes, but you guys will hear it next week. Um, there was so much to like about this, uh, but this this next chunk, and I'm so happy we left off at Doom Patrol. Um, yeah, I am too. I thought about that a lot as I was watching Doom Patrol, and there's there's so much that happens in that episode between further character development and introduction of new characters that I thought about that too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really glad we're going to be starting with this one this week. Yeah, it was, it was, I didn't expect it to be as perfect of a point to continue on. Um, especially for people that were list that listened last week, uh, and that were kind of watching along with us reviewing, uh, cause I'm sure there's a couple of people out there that have at least tried doing that. And I, I'm really excited though, too, because next week, um, this actually comes to Netflix in the international markets. Um, so we're actually gonna have a review out in full before anything, anybody outside of the U S has seen it yet. So this is really going to be cool that they'll have 
these shows that I know like our good friend Paul is going to be able to check it out um, on Netflix next week. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him give his in, uh, you know his thoughts on that show uh, when he gets to watch it, but uh, see where he his his brain matches up with our thoughts on the show. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I am no more further convinced. I mean, and I am now further convinced that, again, I said this last week, but if they're when they do Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, there is no way in hell this show is going to be part of it. And, oh, God, no. <laughs> and uh, and um, I'm totally OK with it. I, I'd rather this show stay in a separate uh, universe as it is, because this show is so brutal not only with the violence, but with the language. I mean, it feels like, I mean, we, we got a couple F-bombs and stuff like that, especially in Hank and Dove, or um, Hawk and Dove, and uh, and a couple other, you know, in the first three. But man, does it step it up uh, in these uh, four through seven and seven or eight through, especially episode uh, nine, Hank and Dawn. Holy oh. crap, are there a, a number of F-bombs in yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I just I can't wait till when we talk for when you guys get to hear next week's episode uh, when we talk about the back half, because, man, oh, man, um, if episodes four through seven were great, it, the, the you know, the like, final couple episodes were um, if not even better. Uh, it was man, the show has such awesome DNA all over it. And it, it really I think achieved something fantastic. But yeah, let's let's go to episode four then. Well, uh, before we do that, I just have okay. one question uh, sure. that I wanted to ask you. And uh, in, the, in general, this is not just me asking you, but I'm hoping asking everybody, how was your Christmas, sir? I had a really nice, busy Christmas. Um, I, you know, had a uh, pretty, pretty uh, awesome, low key uh, stuff with my family. And then we got to join Kat and her family. And like I said, they have a, a huge family. It's always a huge event. Um, and it was, it's kind of almost because like almost an all day thing, but it was a great time. We had a really, really wonderful Christmas, uh, right now. I am actually, I was really happy with myself. I took off Friday from work, so I have a five day weekend. So I had Friday today is Sunday and I still have New Year's Eve and New Year's day off. So it's really enjoyable. Um, and I know there was a lot of other little things going on where Kat was seeing some family in town and I, I am actually hanging back because I am giving myself Kind of, it feels like a mini staycation, and it feels quite nice. <laughs> so, and it's oftentimes very much needed. Yeah, it's very rare that I have a moment where I have I have a, a stretch of days like this. Um, but yeah, it was really chill. I I accomplished one major thing. We got our our vacation fully booked. We have our stays already planned for when we go away in April. We're going to Iceland, so that'll be super cool. That's so. awesome. Yeah, so we're we're all set. How about you? How was your Christmas, sir? Very, very low key. As in, I um, I I don't have much extended family. Uh, a lot of my family lives uh, out of the area, so I don't get to see them during the holidays, which is fine. Uh, my sister lives in Colorado, along with her husband and my niece and nephew, and uh, I did see my mother, which uh, you know is always um, nice to see around Christmas time. I, I'm fortunately I don't speak to my father, so I. I don't get to really generally see that side of the family at Christmas or even talk to them at Christmas, which, again, I'm fine with. But you know what? Holidays for me are very low-key. Um, it's It's been a while since I've really gone out and celebrated Christmas, but uh, I kind of like it that way. So uh, Christmas for me was just staying in a pair of flannel pants and binge-watching Christmas movies and uh, gorging on junk food. 
Uh-huh. Which yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I'm paying for it now uh, in that I'm still very sluggish from, <laughs> from the amount of food that I ate and I'm trying to shake myself out of it. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, not only seeing you and, and your wife on New Year's and New Year's Eve, but uh, seeing a bunch of friends that I, I just love. I'm more yeah. I'm more into the New Year's and New Year's celebration than I am Christmas. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, New Year's Eve usually is kind of a big to do. And uh, last year, uh, for those of you that have stuck around with the show, remember that I was actually just coming out of uh, or, well, coming off of a bad surgery. Um, so and I was, was getting ready to head into you were, one. And you were getting ready to head into <laughs> one. So this time last year was not a fun time for you or I. But um, you know, the, you know, we used to do a, a really crazy just you know, heavy filled group of, you know, <laughs> group of people for New Year's Eve. And it's kind of slowed down over the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, this kind of this idea of almost a low key New Year's Eve with friends playing board games sounds honestly really fantastic. Um, yeah, I- I'm looking uh, forward to it being like a bunch of us playing board games until about like 10 of 12, bringing in the new year and then just going right back to the board game. <laughs> Yeah, and then probably heading out like 12, 31 o'clock. Yeah. You know, we'll be able to, we're going to be overlooking Philadelphia. So we'll get to see the fireworks from uh, a nice large balcony overlooking the city. So it'll, it'll be very nice. Yeah. I'm I'm looking looking forward forward to that. Me, uh, me as well. All right. Let's jump into Titans. Uh, As again, we did mention, we have episodes four through seven that we're going to be talking about this week and then eight through 11, which we'll, we'll wrap up the Titans talk next week. Um, so how did we do this last week? I think I read the synopsis for all four episodes, for the three episodes, and then we just dived in, we dove into, yeah. um, all right, so then I'll do the same thing, uh, for this week. And, w- and we didn't, we didn't give it a score of anything. I think we're going to, we'll score it as a whole. Um, so everything the- up to episode seven, we'll give a ranking for. Uh, it- I don't even think, I don't even know if we did that last week. I can't remember. Um, I, that or we can just hold our review score until the finale week. So. Okay. And then just score the season. I mean, if you want, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say this. If you guys are curious on my thoughts from, I don't remember if we said episodes one through three, it's a low tier legend. I would say probably about an eight, five. I was getting pretty invested by the end of episodes one through three, uh, four through seven. Uh, it's definitely getting, staying in the legend ter- territory. Um, even with one episode that was kind of meh. But it felt like you needed a break after how awesome everything else was. Probably give that about a nine. So uh, it's staying in the legend territory for me right now. So. Uh, you know what? I'm right there with you. I really don't. I don't even really feel like I need to kind of add anything to that. I'm I'm right there. I'm right on track with the same thing. Yeah. Uh, episodes four through seven just bumped up. It, it was I was already at a legend, and it kind of bumped it up even further. Yeah. So, uh, all right, episode. Uh, season one, episode four, Doom Patrol. Dick and Corey try to track down Rachel while Gar takes her to the house of the Doom Patrol for safety. I can't wait to talk about that one. Uh, season five, season one, episode five. Together, in order to prepare to prepare themselves for the nuclear family's next attack, Dick decides to put Corey, Gar, and Rachel through special training. Episode six, Jason Todd. Dick and the new Robin, Jason Todd, team up to track down the man who is killing off Dick's old circus friends. And episode seven, Asylum. Rachel's birth mother is alive. In a desperate attempt to rescue her, the group breaks into the asylum where she is kept. Uh, So, yeah, I I think when we did this last week, we didn't talk about episode through episode. We just focused more on the characters and 
the development of them and, and where the story was progressing. And I think it's a good format to stick with, with the exception of maybe Doom Patrol. Yeah. Because this episode, <clears throat> to me, it, it, while it does further character progression, especially with Gar, uh, we are meeting new characters that are going to be spinning off into their own series that we know of already. And, man, I by the time Doom Patrol was over, I, I was already so in love with these characters that I cannot wait until February when the show launches. Yeah, and the nice piece is, too, is if you guys have been following along with the news, one of the big things that we had some concern about with the Doom Patrol cast was the fact that it sounded like so many actors were going to be re- getting replaced. What was really awesome to know was only one person after we watched the episode was being replaced, and that's just the person that's playing Dr. Niles Calder. Uh, and that's going to be played by Timothy Dalton, which elevates it, yes, it my does. excitement <laughs> even more. Uh, because if you've seen Penny Dreadful... Um, the chief is essentially Sir Malcolm from Penny Dreadful, um, down to kind of the same way he is. He's a very morally gray character doing things for good reasons, uh, doing bad things for good reasons. And that's exactly the character we have here. So I'm like, God, he fits into this role beautifully. Now, um, the only, the so. only question I have for you is, did that affect you watching this episode at all? Because it, it, it was of, constantly in the back of my head that I'm like, I can't wait to see Timothy Dalton in this role. Yeah, um, I, like I was watching it and I am I was kind of like, okay, like I, I get who this character is, but it's kind of lackluster knowing that Timothy Dalton is playing the role in the show. Yeah, I, I kind of, uh, as much as I hate to dismiss it, it I, I, I completely dismissed the actor playing the chief. I did too. Um, I, I tried not to allow his his performance to impact my thoughts about it at all. They did a good job of getting across who his character is. And I'm like, cool. But any, even if I didn't like his character, I was not going to allow that to impact my review of it because I know his character is being in the actor is being fully replaced. We do know the person that played, uh, that played Rita, a last woman um, is the same actress we're going to see portray in Doom Patrol. Uh, in addition to, we did find out, uh, which we, you and I both were not aware that Matt Bomber and Brendan Fraser came in and did ADR. And if you're not uh, familiar with that, ADR stands for additional dialogue recordings, which are usually done post. Uh, so it was cool to see that they were already there. And you could see that they did a little bit of touch-up CG on some photographs when you see Robot Man uh, in this. Uh, looking at some shots, you do see Matt Bomber as the pilot, Brendan Fraser as, a, as the race car driver, all these little pieces, which you could definitely see like the faces were a little smudged in the, the CG on those photos to make sure that they kind of tweaked and adjusted after their casting announcements. So I actually was able to look past that all pretty clearly because I was excited that that was going to be our through line to get to do patrol. Yeah. Now the other question I had for you, and I know I've already kind of looked into uh, what it is and such, because I do know, uh, you know, Matt Bomer and, and Brendan Fraser, we've already talked about Timothy Dalton, April Balby, who's going to be playing Elastigirl in it. Uh, we are getting the introduction to Crazy Jane in uh, in the Doom Patrol series, but that's not the character we were kind of introduced to at the end of the series. No, no, um, it was not the same girl that they saved. Okay, uh, I'm not quite sure who that was supposed to be. I don't think there really was. I, I don't even really think they, they gave a name to the character. Right. So I, then, I think it's just meant to be like because we do know uh, in the pr- in the promo shots that we see of Doom Patrol that um, 
uh, that Chief is back in a wheelchair, and it was kind of made known, and I'm glad that they kind of tied that up continuity-wise by the end of the episode, too, and that he was paralyzed again, because now we know why he's going to be back in the wheelchair in the, during the series. Right, right. So, so I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Um, but, uh, man, I, I got to say, because we're talking about Doom Patrol right off the bat, I, I, this was a great introduction. I loved, as we mentioned last week, and I even said without watching the, the promo, was, you know, we see Rachel run into the woods and meet up with Beast Boy. Uh, that's where that was going to happen. And I got to say immediately, these two actors together, and I apologize because I can't remember their names to save the, uh, save my life right now. Um, oh, uh, well, uh, it's Tegan Croft. Tegan Croft is Rachel. And, and Ryan Potter. Uh, Ryan Potter, that's yeah. it. Uh, Ryan Potter have great on-screen chemistry together. They really knocked it out of the park. This was the first episode we saw them really together um, and really getting our full introduction to Beast Boy was this episode. And I think they really knocked him out of the park. They really got him down. We also saw uh, that flashback to um, – I forget where they were at. Uh, it was the Congo, I believe, is where you see the uh, the accident – that allows Garfield to become um, Beast Boy, where we see, uh, you know, the chief actually end up going there and saving his life, which we see him getting injected with a green liquid, which we just know is this kind of called the serum. Um, you know, it, we, we've seen this story play out in Young Justice with uh, season, I think it was in season two with Beast Boy or was it season one? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, remember. But we see him getting injected with the Martian blood, which makes makes that transformation possible. We just see this green serum kind of get injected in that makes him into Beast Boy. Uh, but I, I really kind of thought that they found a nice way to tie this together and introduce his roots to the Doom Patrol, which worked great. I love you know, uh, Dr. Calder's mansion and how we're introduced to all the members of the Doom Patrol here. I think they did a really fantastic job right off the bat with all that stuff. I think that was... You know it, it, that it, you know well surpassed my wildest expectations. Yeah, I so. mean, and the beautiful thing of it is, with the exception of Elastigirl, we really haven't seen any of the abilities of these characters. I mean, we, I mean, we know that Robot Man is pretty much just he's a robot and he's he's in essence a robot with a human brain um negative man i'm actually not sure what his powers and abilities are uh but we really he's essentially <laughs> kind of like the invisible man okay and that's what i thought and they kind of touched base on it a little bit with uh you know with rachel saying are you invisible under there and i forget what his comment back was but again one of my favorite parts too was this is a very in a show that's very dark, and even bringing in these characters that kind of have their own darkness to them, they found a great way to kind of balance the darkness of these characters, but still bring a little bit of levity to the show, especially in particular with Robot Man. Every scene that he had where they were eating and enjoying food and he couldn't do it gave me a chuckle. Oh, um, yeah, like it was him just like his hand on his plate and he's just <laughs> yes. kind of like, tell me how that tastes. What is it like? <laughs> oh, yeah, just like that. Uh, and I thought that was really just humorous the way that they, that came across. And I think that worked really wonderfully. I think they really did a great job with that. But I mean, even just the introduction to Negative Man as well, that like where we see Rachel kind of going through the house and you hear that ACDC playing um, <laughs> and you see him just dancing up a storm in the kitchen as he's cooking. I mean, it was all their introductions was perfect. And even like you get that body horror sequence with with when you see Rita for the first time. And it's just kind of like. 
this massive blob laying in a bed and it's kind of you view it it's very much like Matt Hagen and Clayface that actor that has that that horrifying accident you know yeah it, they they did such a great job with all those pieces and they gave them all the, their own quirks but they all became instantly likable and lovable and they also did an ma- amazing job cuz again they they did that with Beast Boy as well yeah they did a really good job with him but not only just the Doom Patrol and Beast Boy included this was the first episode that allowed us to see the kind of the heart of Rachel's character for the first time as well, because well, we see her really connect with these people and kind of be like, I'm not afraid of you guys. And we really see how, how sweet of a character she really is in this episode. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with what you mentioned earlier in the interaction that she has with Gar, because there it, it seems that any time the two of these characters are together, there really is a heart that that appears. Uh, we, we got a little bit of a taste of that in, in episode three with the two of them in the arcade where they just kind of there's an instant spark between the two of them and there's an instant connection. And I don't mean that in when I say instant spark, I don't mean like, <clears throat> excuse me, in like a romantic sense, but there's just an instant connection between the two of them in that these characters both really do have a heart. And when the two of them are together, especially in the situation of Doom Patrol, where they're in the house together, they're with these other characters that in themselves have a lot of heart to them. Uh, it just really tends to show a lot more than we've seen yet in in the sta- in these episodes um, right and it, it's it's nice too because like we do know if you follow the comic series that garfield and you know rachel do have a relationship they do uh they they end up being being a couple uh in in dc continuity and it's kind of so, hinted at a little bit too at another part of this series but we'll get to oh that. yeah yeah, like I said, we do see that you know great sequence with Anna Diop and Ryan Potter, you know, where it's like you want to make out with her, you know, yeah. and it's like I do not. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I really think though, like Garfield was the was the missing part of this show, and I think they were very smart to introduce him a little bit later because there was so much setup, and he kind of becomes the warmth of the show uh, that's needed, and he gives that added levity that's needed in the show. And I think it was great to introduce him in the way and, and the, the shape that they did. Uh, while at the same time, though, getting us incredibly excited. And I, I think Doom Patrol was not announced when they were already filming this yet. Um, and I think it was – I can understand why it got announced after seeing this episode. So. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I agree with that as well. And um, again, after watching the episode, knowing now that we're getting a Doom Patrol series in February, I honestly – I can't wait. Um, this was a great launching point for the series, and if it's anything, if the tone of the series that we're getting in February matches anything of what we got from this episode, I, I feel like it's going to be another fantastic episode. And <clears throat> knowing now what we're getting from from Titans, what we're going to be getting from Doom Patrol, uh, the possibility of a Hulk and Dove series spinning off a little bit later on, <clears throat> Swamp Thing, uh, I can definitely feel like... <clears throat> Excuse me, I, I kept getting phlegm in my throat. Uh, Sorry. That as our podcast progresses too, I could kind of see us making a switch to focusing more on these DC streaming shows rather than the Arrowverse. Because I think there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about with these shows. It's very possible. I mean, again, that's not to say we're leaving the Arrowverse. No, not at all. I, I um, no. Yeah, it, it's just if... If we do decide, uh, the show does have a great future. You know, it, it's I am thoroughly and incredibly excited because you know what I will say this: as much as I love the Arrowverse shows, 
Um, when you spend that much time with new char- or characters, after a while, it kind of becomes old hat. Man, I was generally excited episode to episode to watch the next one where, like, you know, the Arrowverse nowadays, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I got to watch Legends. Okay, I got to watch Flash, you know. Um, I, but, like, this was just kind of like, man, um, it was so awesome to be like, I am incredibly excited to see what's going to happen next. And every moment just made me smile or just kind of be in shock or just be blown away on the way that they introduce a character like, you know, the Doom Patrol, like, like Donna Troy, like Jason Todd. Um, and, and know that they did it with so much love and they're not afraid to take risks. And they, they all seem like they all paid off. Like every one of them seemed like they paid off fantastically. So I'm, I'm really thoroughly excited to, to talk about the, you know, the DC Universe shows as they continue on. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, it, we, we've already jumped into it, so let's talk a little bit more about Gar. Um, you know, as we, we have in the past, in episodes one through three, we talked a little bit about each character and their character development. And we, we kind of touched on a lot of the stuff already and how he brings a lot of heart to it. He, he is, in fact, the one thing that I know... I, I'm anxiously looking forward to, and I'm really hoping that they 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 progress further into it in this season one or in the season two. And I totally, I'm not doubting the show at all because I totally understand why they they're doing it the way that they're doing it with this setup. Is that Beast Boy? He he can change form into other animals, at least in the cartoons and the comics. He hasn't gotten to that point yet in the series, but I know that's because they're really setting him up. They're still building his character. Um, I love the fact that they they kind of shined on why he becomes a tiger uh, because it was always a favorite animal of his, and it was kind of in essence something that was almost instinct to do. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully in season two seeing him kind of become other animals. Well, yeah, I mean, like to unfortunately jump ahead into the finale or the episode before the finale. I think it was episode ten. Um, we do see a moment with him and Trigun. Um, very near the end of episode 10 and like i said we'll get this we'll bring this back up again but when um he is healed by trigon at the one point he's like oh you know he makes a comment is like you have some decisions to have to make in the future but we see maybe what he does there is the setup to him being able to kind of tap into his power again next season and i think that's what we're gonna see i think you're right that's a great way to build it up but i think what they did here worked well uh i think Maybe the biggest flaw of the show was the CG on the tiger. It was, I think, maybe the one piece that looked the weakest out of everything in the show. But beyond that, though, it was something that was easy to look past um, as the show progressed. See, I didn't, I didn't even really find it that flawed, to be honest with you. It, it, um, it, you know, it didn't look bad. It, in my opinion, it did not look that bad. There was a couple spots that it was, looked a little rough, but not not in a bad way, I think, uh, to the point where you're like, ugh, that's off-putting and I can't watch this. Because I still think they, they managed to pull it off in a pretty solid way. I mean, because so. there, there's been other CGI moments of this series that I felt were really kind of like, okay, that's very obviously CGI. Um, and, and to be honest with you, Gar was one of the, Gar as the tiger really was none of those moments. At least for me. I mean, I was able to look past them completely to the point where it didn't, like, I, I kind of knew uh, it's very obviously I'm not a real tiger. They're going to see, they're not going to have these actors work with a real tiger. So, you know, it's a CGI tiger, but uh, the CGI on the tiger never really bothered me at all. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I again, it, it wasn't something that, that drove me nuts. I think there was, again, there's a spot or two where it's like, eh, but again, and nothing that was off putting by any stretch in my mind. So, Do you, there... I, you know. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, are, are there any, speaking of the CGI, um, 
again, I, I mentioned that there was a, one or two moments in the, throughout the course of the series that I looked at the, the moment and I was like, uh, okay, that's very obviously not really good CGI. Did you have any of those moments throughout the series? Uh, you know what? I, I really didn't. I, there's nothing that is sticking out in my head that is like, ugh. I mean, like, I think there was a couple of sequences where you see some people jumping around a little bit that you're like, okay, that's obviously a, a, a kind of a, a rough shot, but it, nothing that bothered me. How about you? Uh, there was one, uh, and we're not going to get to it in this episode. We'll get to it in next, but there is a moment in uh, Hank and Dawn uh, that I felt like was kind of uh, out of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that did look a little rough. You know, I know what you're talking about, but, you know, it's in, again, because the, sh- the shock and the stun of that scene, um, it didn't detract from what just Oh, happened. yeah, yeah, not at so. all. I, it was just one of those moments that I was like, okay, you could have done a little better on the CGI to this. But right. but no complaints at all. But again, I, I have a feeling, though, too, because this is the very first show in the DC Universe, you know, series, that because it d- did it probably as well as a lot of people are hoping for, and they had that big deal with Netflix... That brings a little extra funds to them to be able to maybe have a larger budget next year. And that's kind of my hope. Uh, but I think even if it holds at this level, I, I'm still fully on board. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm already on board. I, there's no question about it. Um, okay, so there's in the episodes one through three, we talked about the different characters that we met. Uh, and there's going to be no different. We were not really introduced to too many new characters outside of Doom Patrol. But there is one more. Uh, uh-huh. that I think we need to talk about. Uh, <laughs> yes, and, and, and that's Jason Todd. We... Oh, and holy crap, Kern Walters did a phenomenal, Man, phenomenal job. Man, he nailed the personality of Jason Todd. What Seriously. A, pardon my language, but what a cocky motherfucker. <laughs> um, and, but, so, but that's exactly what I expected. And like he had that swagger that you anticipated and expected out of him. Uh, you know, He's got that looking... my shit don't stink. Oh, yeah, and he, yeah, and he, looking at, at, you know, Dick, it's like, hey, bro, what's going on? Like, it was, he was obnoxious enough, but obnoxious in the way you want him to be. And it was what was right about him, because we're seeing, again, a young Jason Todd. It's exactly what you expect. We know he is, he's got the pass. We know he he boosted the, you know, the wheels off of the Batmobile or the hubcaps. Uh, we, we So we know he's been in and out of the system, and he's been in juvie and all this stuff. They gave him his classic character background. And I think that's what made me really happy was they were not afraid to bring up all of that. We also know he, he replaced Dick almost immediately uh, after after Dick left Bruce. So I think they achieved everything that they were trying to do with his character in an episode and a scene. Um, they managed to pull him off perfectly and that's the one thing i really have to credit this show for being only 11 episodes the amount of characters they introduce in this series and especially ones that only get one to maybe two episodes they knock it out of the park with their introductions to tell you who their characters are give us their personalities and make us love them in a single episode and they achieve that with i think every character that they introduce I'm really, really blown away with that in the show. Yeah, and it looks like looking forward to, I know IMDb can be a little tricky when it comes to things like this, but uh, he's listed as being in every episode of season two. So, well, we we know he's definitely going to be, uh, Karen Walters is indeed contracted for season two. We don't know how many episodes yet, but we do know he is indeed coming back. Yeah, so, so. it's, it's going to be fun to see him as a member, hopefully as a member of the Titans. 
uh, in this point because it looks like from what I can see, I mean, we'll get into a little bit more of this into uh, episode eight, which is the Donna Troy episode. Uh, it very much feels like they are setting Dick Grayson up to become Nightwing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's that's the heart of what the show is. I mean, the one question I know a lot of people have asked, you know, that that I've known that I've seen the show that have asked me is, um, do you think we're going to get to the Dick Grayson point that we know and love in the comic books? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what they're building to. We're, we're in that dark period when he does leave Bruce, where it's that George Perez, new Teen Titans, uh, a very angry Dick Grayson. Um, you know, we're just seeing the difference of you know him being a cop here. Um, I suppose I can't remember where he was in his life uh, in New Teen Titans when we see him drop the Robin mantle, become Nightwing, all these things. But uh, that's the one thing that he just does not have in the series is that charisma and charm a lot of people expect out of Dick Grayson. And I hope that he's going to find that confidence by the end of the series because that's the only criticism I have of the show is Dick has always been this you know, suave kind of guy. You know, if you think about Batman Beyond, it's that Terry McGinnis. If you've ever seen, you know, Batman Under the Red Hood animated movie, like where we see Neil Patrick Harris, he quips. That's kind of, he even says it in that. He's like, it's kind of my thing. Uh, and that's not the version of Dick Grayson we have here. Everybody else, pretty on point. Uh, you know, they're still building Starfire. They're still building Dick Grayson. They're still building Garfield. They're still building Rachel. And I think if they give us those versions of the characters, we say that when we talk about Arrow, Flash, this is – you think about these shows as these are these characters' origin stories. It is – it's – you know, the episode one starts as their year one. You know, that be, Batman – like not Batman, but DC Comics always does. their year one stories. That's what these shows are. They, they need to be. You can't give us these fully fleshed out characters because if you pick up a copy of Titans or Teen Titans or – Doom Patrol or any of those books, these characters have a history behind them. They have to play, play off that continuity. When you pick up a book, you know who those characters are going to be. You can't just do that from the start in these books uh, or, or these shows. I mean, um, you have to build them. You have to you yeah. have to make them something that you care about and love. And you have to see their faults. They have to see their victories uh, to shape them into the people that we know and love. So. Yeah, but you know what though? In on on the same note, uh, this Jason Todd episode I think is very important to that too because I think, in many ways, when there is that moment uh, towards the end when he sees uh, Jason Todd as the new Robin and the brutality of him beating up cops because he can, and and such, I think this is a big moment in Dick's backstory in that he's kind of seeing his own brutality play out in front of him through somebody else. And he's kind of realizing it's not right. So I think in very, in many ways, the Jason Todd episode is very important into him finding that confidence that you say you were kind of disappointed. He doesn't find by the end. I, I agree with you. I don't think by the end of the episode, by the end of the season, he still hasn't found it, but I think that seeing everything play out the way it has with, with Jason kind of set him on that path that he needs to. Absolutely. I again, you know, the end of the Jason Todd episode has one of the most intense, intense sequences. We see, um, you know, the the Tony Zuko character come into play. We see that play out in Robin's story in the Jason Todd episode, where we do find out the fate of Tony Zuko and the Maroni crime family. Where, you know, we hear Dick say, you know, I killed somebody, uh, but it's not in the way that people anticipated. It is. He kind of pulls a Rachel Ghoul Batman moment from Batman Begins where I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I don't have to save you, you know, kind of moment. And he kind of steps away and allows Tony Zuko to die. And he takes he takes that to heart that he is a murderer because of that. Um, 
But we see that has ramifications in that episode where we see Tony Zuko's son uh, kind of come back to try to wipe out members of the Haley Circus, which is where we see Jason really heavily involved in, uh, in that plot line and that through line. And when we get to the end of that sequence where they stop the bad guy uh, and a whole bunch of cops come bursting into the scene, we see Jason dismantled a police force like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and we see him break, break cops backs the whole nine. And it's that moment between him and Dick near the end where, you know, he's just kind of like, what is your problem? He's just like, what? He's like, they did this to me all my life. I'm just throwing it back at him. He's just like, Batman wouldn't be okay with this. He's like, I don't know if you've noticed, but Batman's not here. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, it's Jason just like, I really don't give a crap. And I apologize. This is going to be like DC primetime after after dark. <laughs> we're going to probably be throwing a – normally we try not to, but – um, we have to because of the way some of these characters yeah, talk. You know what? It's he, fine. We, we don't. We try not to swear that much on this podcast, but it's listed as explicit on yeah. iTunes, so they're yeah. they're warned just in case when it does happen. But I mean, I do apologize about this for those that some of the families. But there's that line that comes out right at the end of that scene where we see Jason walk away, kind of furious with Dick, and just looks at a cop on the ground, kicks him in the face, is like "fuck you," and just walks out of the scene. And you're like, "Holy shit." I'm like, this This is Jason Todd. There's no question in my mind on who this character is. Like, you fully buy him as that character after that sequence. Um, you know, you get the taste of it earlier when they go to the bar where they kind of save Atlas. Uh, he was the strong man, you know, in the in, in Haley's Circus, uh, where we see Jason sneak into the bar, uh, pick up the girl's drink, and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize this wasn't mine, you know, as he snags the drink off of the bar. Uh, oh, but, and he's I mean, totally he tried- the instigator of the fight. Oh, and he, he, he starts a fight, because and he wants to start a fight. But I like that about what they pulled with his character. They got him down pat. Um, and I was really blown away. It's just as much as I loved every member of the Doom Patrol, I love Jason Todd that much as well. I, I, I really am excited to see what they continue to bring to the show with his character in the future. Yeah, so. no, I I'm right on board with you Tim, with with that too, and uh, we do get a little bit more of him before the season wraps up, in particular in the in the finale, um, right? But uh, and again, it's when we talk about episode eleven that'll be different. And I I gotta say this too, and I just you know forewarning for everybody, uh, you know, for me I, there might be a little bit of bias when we talk about Jason Todd. He is actually my favorite DC character, so okay. uh, I you know, but I will say this from somebody that thoroughly loves that character a ton has read a ton of, you know, Red Hood and the Outlaws to uh, the original tease of him coming in from Hush, um, you know, the Red Hood story arc when he does first come back, all those pieces. Um, I will say I'm probably also one of the biggest critics when a character is not treated properly. Um, I will say they did justice to my favorite, one of my favorite DC characters of all time. Yeah, so. I mean, but, you know, as somebody who's not as familiar with the character other than what we've seen in the animated movies and, you know, Teen Titans and the animated series and things like that. And from what I've learned from you, uh, even as somebody who's not as biased to the character, I'm loving the character. So I'm, I'm feeling like what I know of the character, they're doing absolute justice to. Oh, yeah. Like, my inner fanboy came out hardcore when I <laughs> when I got the introduction to him. And I'm like, holy crap, he's perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I mean, again, though, too, I think that's the great part about this is you and I are both fanboys of a lot of these characters. Uh, and if they're characters we weren't, uh, a lot of these shows, including the Arrowverse, have made us fanboys of those characters, which is really cool. Well, well and it's funny that you bring that up, too, because, I mean, we this is kind of jumping back into the Doom Patrol, but I'm not fully, I'm, I'm not very aware 
of uh, Doom Patrol and what the characters hold and things like that. Actually, until the announcement of Doom Patrol, I really was not familiar with these characters at all. But um, after- I, again, I'm right there with you. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not as invested in them. I know who they are roughly, but this made me excited for their show for characters. Well, I don't know. well, not only that, but this what we got of them from that one episode. And knowing that we're going to be getting a series about them makes me want to actually look into the comics of the Doom Patrol Same. and start um, reading them. And you know what? Like I said, I know a lot of the, you know, Hank Hall and Don Granger history. I never really read much with them. And man, oh, man, it made me huge fans of their characters by the end of this as well. Um, I mean, I that's the one thing I'm really blown away with the show. This makes me want to pick up comics again. Like I, I, I've fallen away from them a lot in the last year or two. It makes to. me damn excited to want to now go back. Like this show really, really got me invested in thinking about DC again. It's, it's really amazing to, in the course of the what three or four years we've been doing this podcast. Uh, oh my God, it's been three or four years. Um, it, I was going into this podcast when we first started it. I was, Definitely, I'll freely admit, I was definitely more a Marvel person than I was DC. Uh, but, you know, we jumped into this because I was a fan of Arrow and, and Flash and, and stuff. And there was potential of something to talk about on a weekly basis. But the more we've done this podcast, I'm not saying I've shifted more from Marvel over to DC. But my love for DC and the characters that they have have grown exponentially especially in particular with getting introduced to all these new characters that i was never uh i I was never familiar with because i was when it came to my love of dc it was pretty basic it was superman batman flash wonder woman uh green lantern and aquaman it was what i knew from like the super friends and and that was really it Uh, i wasn't familiar with doom patrol hawk and dove uh you know and all these secondary characters that we We've focused on these past couple years that shows like the Arrowverse shows and Black Lightning and now Titans are really putting a spotlight on and are making me want to go back. And again, I'm probably over the course of this week and this these next couple weeks uh, before Arrowverse before the Arrowverse returns, I'm going to see how many of the Doom Patrol comics I can find because I want to read them. Yeah, uh, well, I think they did. Uh, they have a nice little run. I think all in the DC Universe streaming service again. Not paid to talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> still, um, uh, you know, it, it's just the thing that I think they, they you know, the DC Universe service is kicking, uh, kicking it out of the park right now. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing with with future things. But this made me excited not only for Doom Patrol, but I'm like, man, they're going to nail Swamp Thing. They are absolutely going to nail Swamp Thing, and I. I I, I have so much faith in them now after especially these four episodes of Titans um, that they're they're going to achieve this and pull this off. Well, because if you you, ima- you have to imagine, too, that Swamp Thing is kind of one of those characters that is it's one of those shows that's going to have a darker feel to it. Uh, and if they can pull it off as nicely as they have with Titans, I, I can't imagine how great it's going to be with Swamp Thing. Yeah, I, I really no. can't. And I, I really hope. Um, you know, that DC, obviously, with Doom Patrol getting its own series, the possibility of Hawk and Dove getting a spinoff, I really hope that there's going to be moments in the future where we're going to see the Titans interact with Swamp Thing and, and vice versa, which I'm sure we're going to get. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's fully, fully coming and uh, very much ready for it. I mean, I, I do know we've, we've got a lot of new stuff getting ready to head, head to 
um, the DC Universe service. I think uh, Justice League um, Unlimited and the final seasons of Batman the Animated Series are going to be coming in HD, uh, I think, in a couple weeks. Uh, they're adding a couple other big things, too, I think, so coming soon. So uh, I know that's building up. So I know the roster is going to those shows are going to be kind of picking up very, very soon. So, yeah, um, but and then, but think we, we, on top of that, we have Young Justice coming back too. oh, yeah, that starts in, I think, what, like, oh, two like, weeks, like two weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, um, oh, man. Yeah. So, OK, so um, before we get into Asylum and, and start working towards the end of this conversation, I want to bring up uh, episode five together because it's the one episode we kind of really haven't touched on yet. But out of the four episodes, looking at the rankings of uh, of the ratings of all of them, it's the highest rated of the four. At least on IMDb, take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I just want to say, how fun was it watching these characters finally kind of focus on their abilities and kind of train a little bit on on how to use them? Um, you know, seeing uh, seeing Corey uh, tap into her son abilities, uh, seeing uh, Gar transform in front of everybody brought some humor to it, and then at the same time, like. It was one of those things that when I was watching it and they were asking, I kind of had it in the back of my mind of like, okay, how does Dick show off his abilities now? Uh, because he's pretty much just a fighter and he's kind of have to reveal himself as who he is, which he's going to do eventually anyway. And it even comes to that in the episode where Rachel's like, okay, your turn. And he's like, well, I'm just the one that's going to keep you alive. And then we get that awesome moment at the end oh. of the episode of the oh, titans yeah. versus the nuclear family with dick just coming in as robin and just cleaning house man oh my god and garfield's response is like oh my god he's robin <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly it was so much fun to watch but also still focused on the brutality um the awesome brutality of this series and what a badass dick really is oh my god yeah no they really i think they they got that down the fight choreography of the show is really impressive that's the one thing we really haven't touched upon too much yet but they really have done a fantastic job uh with with you know the just the heft of the those punches and you know the movements of all these characters in in all of these sequences but they really pull that off show off these characters abilities in a really great way uh, but you're right, though. That sequence was wonderful. And uh, Garfield's commentary through that all was so fantastic, especially at the end. He's like, oh, my God, are we going to meet Batman? And I just love this. No, no, you're <laughs> I not. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but like we even see that through line continue on, you know, later with with the Jason Todd stuff in the episode after that, where he's like, wait, how many are there? Can I be a Robin? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a Robin. I want to be a Robin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was really fun, really enjoyable. And I think they did a great job in that episode. That was such a that was such a fantastic episode, because, again, you see that that team start function starting to meld between them. You see the beginnings of the Teen Titans or the Titans in this in this kind of situation um, really play off and play off well. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun seeing them. Uh, you know, interacting with each other. It's one of the first times, I mean, they've kind of been the Titans at this point, but it's kind of the first time we're seeing them as the Titans that we know. Uh, still very early form of it. They're they're still all kind of, you know, Corey doesn't have her memories back yet. Rachel is still learning how to focus on her abilities. Um, you know, Gar is still very early on in his abilities and that he knows one animal to shift into. Uh, but we're seeing them as a team for the first time in this yeah. episode and it's just it was so cool to watch mm -hmm. uh and then we get 
what's really we kind of knew it was coming that the nuclear family wasn't obviously the big bad of the season we know that trigon is um and we kind of see the nuclear family come to an end and uh we, <laughs> don't kill them I swear I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was such a fantastic moment when when Corey walks into the room and she's like, ah, oh, crap. Dick's going to blame me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, too, because we haven't really talked about a lot of the characters. Like, you know, like we, we've talked a little bit about Dick, you know, in this and kind of his transformation. We're continuing to see. Um, Starfire continues to be fantastic, too. Anna Diop is still knocking it out of the park. She brings a lot of sass and fun to the role. Um and just like Garfield, like, is doing a really good job of bringing some levity to some of the scenes for how dark the show is. Um, I think she's been a really good piece of the formula consistently through all this. I agree with you and completely. I think she's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I will say I, right now, I will say 100 percent. I have zero issue with any of the core cast or actually with any of the casting that they've done thus far. I, I think they, they've continued to knock these characters out of the park. So. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's one of those things that, you know, we the the series is wrapped at this to to us at this point. We're going to talk about uh, obviously four more episodes next week. But, um, you know, throughout the run of this whole series, we uh, Starfire hasn't changed her look. She's still with the same look that we initially met. The difference in look that we saw is uh, in in uh, the finale, which is a little bit of difference than it's it's not an actual scene we'll talk about that it's it's not an actual mm -hmm. reality um but uh you know what it's one of those things that i know people had uh, disagreements with and the way that she looked she didn't look like the initial character um and her look hasn't changed throughout the course of this series but she portrays that character so well and we talked a little bit about this last week that i, I don't care like she uh, could look she, she could look completely different she has so much confidence behind her role that you're like if you have an issue with it throughout it, then you're not paying attention to what she's doing with the character. Yes. Um, because that shouldn't matter one bit. It shouldn't matter at all. Uh, and I think she is bringing so much just phenomenal energy to, to the role of Coriander. And I think that they can do whatever the hell they want with their look. It doesn't matter. She's got the character down. So. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, um, I have been on a big kick of sending out more interview requests for 2019 both for the spotlight and for this podcast um i have already sent out requests to uh brendan frazier and matt bomer uh to potentially get them on and i can tell you right now out of the core cast of uh these titans uh i would she is probably my top of the of all of them to talk to yeah because of um, how she is portraying this character and ryan potter i'd love to talk to ryan potter about car uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to get any of them on. I mean, I think, you know, Britain, you know... I know you uh, want to talk to Anna, Karen about Jason uh, I, 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 I want to get every one of them on the show <laughs> if we can do it, because I, I thoroughly love every one of these actors and the way that they're they're bringing life to some of my favorite characters across comic books. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it, so hopefully <laughs> over the course of the next couple of weeks, maybe into the new year, we'll... Uh, it's kind of quiet on the interview front right now, because a lot of... Uh, Agencies holidays are still, on break like, yeah. for, for holidays mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So they're kind of delayed in their responses, but I'm totally fine with that. We'll hear from them within the first week or two of, of 2019. So it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, just getting all those feelers out there. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, so let's talk about Asylum of Wall. Like I said, there's not a lot to talk about in this episode. It's a lot of drug hallucination-y kind of episodes, which usually never play out great. It feels like it's kind of a, a forced way to move a, a character plot thread or a plot line through. Um, to the point where 
really all they achieve is getting Rachel's mother out of the organization where we see the nuclear family come from. Um, but I will say we do get one kind of important piece by the end of this. This plays off after the Jason Todd stuff plays out. Um, we do see by the time that they do get Rachel's mother out of the asylum, they're, you know, when they do blow the facility, we see a moment that the episode ends on, and that is um, Grayson burning the Robin suit. Yes, uh, which, um, you know, again, it's another step into that direction of him becoming Nightwing. Uh, yeah. we're, we're seeing he's separating. He's kind of cutting all ties with, with being Robin, um, you know, and we, we we get heavily into that more, that progression of his character next episode in episode eight, which we'll, we'll talk about next week. But uh, with the Donna Troy storyline. But yeah, I mean, we, we do see him burn uh burn that suit which uh, is kind of a big moment for that character yeah it really was and uh, again it was one of those kind of just awesome moments getting ready to see that transition to nightwing get ready to start happening uh and we get more teases of that a little bit with uh the donna troy episode that we'll talk about next week yeah i I do i do want to say though that um uh, with the look of the suit that we got for Robin, both for Dick and for Jason Todd, because uh, not a lot of enhancements of the look of the suit, at least for from uh, from uh, yeah. Dick to Jason. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple. There are tweaks. So you do see some changes yeah. to the way that the cat, like you know, around the neckline and the cape, kind of hang. The chest is a little bit all, all altered and different. Like I said, you do see upgrades to it. Uh, a little less bulky, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I still think they did a great job with the costume design on that. Uh, but it looks, it, looks great. Yeah, but knowing what they did with the costume design of Robin, um, yeah, I cannot wait to see what they do with Nightwing. Yeah. I really yeah. can't. And in all honesty, I know they've been talking about, it's been rumored for a while that a Nightwing movie is potentially in the works. Um if they handle it properly on Titans, which I have no doubt that they will, uh, I'm perfectly fine if they never do a movie. I think we might see that movie kind of put on the back burner because I think that was Chris McKay who did Lego Batman. Uh, we know he's now working on Lego Batman 2, uh, which means more than likely that Nightwing project maybe has gotten pushed off, probably because they realize what they're doing on DC Universe and there may not be a need or a reason to do that right now. Um, I think the best way to do that is just let these characters do what they're going to do right now on the DC Universe program and just let Titans play out that way. Because uh, I think they're really doing a great job, and there's no reason to detract from that character by having another version out there. So yeah, and again, like I'm just extremely excited that I I, I think you're right. If they if they do night if they do Nightwing on Titans, which I'm sure they're going to do in a season two, um, yeah, put the focus on that character. Don't worry about a movie, uh, because in all honesty, I think you're going to get the same feedback as if you did with Ezra Miller playing Flash. In that, like, you're going to get people saying, well, how come Brandon, Brendan Thwaites can't be Nightwing in the movie? Same way they did, well, I can't, we can't, Grant, how come we can't get Grant Gustin to play the Flash in the movie? Because he's so good at doing it on the TV series. I think you're going to get the same feedback on the, with a Nightwing movie. If yeah. Brendan Thwaites does it so well, or does it that well in the series, you're going to get people like, well, why do we need a movie? We've got him on TV. And I'm fine with yeah. that. I, I, I prefer them focus on the TV series. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they're fine. Uh, you know, I, I know you and I are both at this point, we are thoroughly invested in Britain's version of Dick Grayson. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like without a doubt. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, Asylum was kind of just an episode. I, I just kind of checked out 
Dorning. Uh, it lost my attention a couple times, uh, almost to the point where I almost missed the dick burning the suit because I was almost completely checked out at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those moments that kind of brought me back into the episode, and unfortunately for the episode, it was the end. So uh, it brought my attention back, though, going into episode eight, so that was a good thing for the series. Not a terrible episode. It was just... No. Uh, it, 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 was, just, it, it was just... It was slow. It was just slow. It was the weakest of the series. Eleven, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but I think other than I don't know if, if you have any other notes for these four episodes. No, that was it, man. Um, I, I think we can we can just touch on the news, do recommendations. We'll get out of here. You and I will take a quick break and then start recording the next one. Yeah. So, all right. And I know there's not a lot at all. No. We haven't even really posted anything on the Facebook page in the past week. Then, uh, yeah, I I had to dig to find news. So, so, um, all right. The first one is kind of this DC adjacent here. Um, Well, not adjacent. It has to do with DC, but not normally something we talk about. But it sounds sounds that officially Mattel has lost the licensing rights to most of DC Comics' toy lines. Uh, It sounds like Spin Master, who has been a big up-and-coming group now. uh, They've been around for quite some time. uh, Have kind of picked up their production quite heavily and actually were just awarded the DC license for uh, a number of different things. Uh, I think specifically at this point in time, I think they have a good list of uh, what they're going to be allowed to make. So it's going to be the boys action toy line, uh, remote control and robotic vehicles, water toys and games, puzzles featuring the likeness of DC comic book characters. This will begin in spring of 2020. So um, it sounds like um, that's pretty much the majority of the major toy line stuff. So, uh, so we'll see that happen uh, soon. And like I said, again, Mattel has been on a big downward swing. So not a big shock, I'm sure, after things like even the Lost Toys R Us. We, we've seen a lot of these toys, uh, toy companies take massive hits. So um, I'm curious to see what Spin Masters will bring to the mix. It's so funny that you keep saying you, you say Spin Masters, and I know that's the company that produces these toys. But I, I keep thinking it. I keep thinking of this situation as like some DC villain who's preventing these uh, yeah. these toys from being made. <laughs> this evil Spin Master. The Spin Master, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Wonder Woman 1984 has officially wrapped production. So they are now officially into post-production. Uh, so they are now uh, working on all those little pieces. So my guess is we will see a uh, our first teaser trailer, probably San Diego Comic Con. I would assume at this point, if they are are wrapped, they'll give them quite a few months to uh, pull together some cool shots. So uh, I'm, that that keeps me incredibly excited to to hit the summer because I have a feeling we're going to see a lot, and I mean a lot of stuff uh, when that hits. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, our big congratulations to go out to your friend, Katrina Law. Yes, I'm so excited uh, about this. So she just had her daughter. Uh, so she had a baby girl uh, just the other day. So congratulations to Katrina and her family. So very awesome to hear, especially yes. for the holidays. Yes. So. All right. Jumping into a little bit of talk about Titans. Um, not a ton to talk about here, but uh, we did find out officially there was a lot of back and forth. We kept telling you guys, oh, it's 11 episodes, it's 12 episodes. Well, The showrunners have officially came out and said something specifically. It was 12 episodes. Uh, We were not incorrect on that whatsoever. So basically what we did find out is that uh, originally episode 12 has fully uh, been shot and ready and edited 
Uh, but they chose the end of the season after watching where episode 11 ended on that cliffhanger point. They thought that would be originally the best place to end it, but they are going to take sections of that episode 12, and that will be partially part of the premiere for season two. Not fully um, that entirety of that episode, but they're going to be shooting some new sequences and changing some of the direction. But again, part of episode 12 will become part of episode one for season two. So we'll find out a little bit more about that. Uh, obviously, probably uh, come San Diego Comic-Con when they probably do their first teases. But we'll see that this time next year, probably. So, And you know what? We'll get into it a little bit more as we when we talk about it um, in the next part of Titans. But uh, the way the season wraps, I can definitely see um, how that would have played out. That that 12th yeah. episode could have, in essence, still could have been part of this season. Yeah. Uh, while we could save this for next week, I'll just get this out of the way here. Uh, so we did find out, too, if you're curious a little bit more about the version of Trigon we do see on screen. They said, don't worry, we will definitely be seeing the demonic version of Trigon in season two. So they said we'll, we'll see the full kind of t- twisted version that everybody knows and loves. We do only see a human version uh, so far in the show. Uh, that was... Uh, I think the same as Stever is the actor that portrayed the character that we do see. So we will indeed see that version. We do get a quick hint of it uh, in a very kind of quick CG moment uh, on board Starfire ship. When when we'll talk about that when we go into next week's episodes. So, uh, and we did find out a little bit more too. It sounds like Karen Walters did come out and said uh, we may be in store for seeing the Joker in season two of Titans as well. We do get a quick brief tease of him in the finale of this episode of this season. Sorry. Uh, but it sounds like we're going to be hopefully seeing a little bit more, but, uh, Kern Walters did post on his Instagram page, a shot of the Joker on his page. So, uh, hopefully that means we're going to be seeing a little bit more. We do know Titan starts beginning filming in February. So, uh, plans are probably already fully laid out. So I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, I think that just about does it, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, not again. Uh, not a lot of news this week. Yeah, again, really thin. Again, everybody's on break right now. So not just us getting ready to go on break. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing probably plenty more bits and pieces of news. Probably in uh, another week or two, we'll, we'll see things kind of work back to life. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. Uh, recommendations for this week, and then we can do our plugs. And uh, we'll leave you guys for, for the New Year's for the rest of the year. This, that's right. This is our last show of 2018. I just realized that Uh, last show for you guys for 2018, not for us as we're again, we've mentioned it before uh, the show that you're going to be hearing next week. We're recording immediately after this one because we're taking a break, uh, but we still want you guys to have material from us over the the next couple weeks. So um, we're we're taking a well-deserved break. Uh, yeah, but still recording for you guys. So uh, last show of 2018, but recommendations for this episode. I would say because I actually watched it last night, uh, old animated film. I think it was from 2010, 2011. It was Batman Under the Red Hood, which retells the story uh, post hush of Jason Todd's return from the grave as the wonderful Red Hood. Uh, who was actually played by Dean Winchester himself, Jensen Eccles. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out, that's a great one. Um, I know that is indeed uh, on the DC uh, Universe streaming service. So if you're watching Titans over there, you can also check that out. And I know that's one of the Jensen playing that role is one of the uh, the big teasing moments that they've been they've been using lately to see if they can get him 
to because I know Jensen's even teased it himself to possibly be like a live action Red Hood. Oh, uh, I in, know. <laughs> in one of this, in any series that would allow him to do it, uh, I, I think he's that, even yeah. dressed up as, as that character for Halloween. Yeah, he did. Uh, he was he was that uh, he was the Red Hood for for Halloween this year. Uh, okay. There was an awesome photo shoot that he posted on his Instagram that I think uh, uh, there was a, a fan or um, uh, a, a small group actually made that suit for. Him, so. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I, I I would love to see. I know him and Amel are good friends, so it would be cool if they could find a way to get him in to even if just like a random character it would just be fun to see him pop up throw him in a cameo role in batwoman next year come on oh that would be cool that'd be really cool place to have have him make an appearance yeah uh my recommendation for this week is not dc related uh but I, i was almost i almost completely missed this myself uh but one of my favorite shows of last year returns for season two tonight uh, that being this Sunday night, uh, it'll be passed by the time you're hearing this. It would have debuted already. Uh, but the Orville returns to Fox tonight. Oh, um, yes. So if you have not seen uh, the first season, uh, I don't. it's not on Netflix. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure it's probably on demand. Um, but if you have not yet seen the first season and you have an opportunity you can find it somewhere to watch it i highly recommend the first season of the orville uh with seth MacFarlane. it was it's one of those shows that i was i watched the trailers for it and i was excited for it because i'm a seth MacFarlane fan from family guy but it's one of those shows that totally blew me away of how good it really is because it juggles so well the humor and the drama of like a Star Trek series while paying fantastic homage to what it's originally. It's not a spoof of Star Trek at all, um, but it pays beautiful homage to the series, which is very obviously what it's basing itself off of. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit of Star Trek, a little bit of Galaxy Quest, and then a yes. little bit of its own thing. Yes. So. And it's so and- beautifully balanced and it's so well done. And I will say this, too, because uh, somebody that's not a huge fan of Seth MacFarlane normally, um, I thoroughly love this this show, and I love him in that as well. So uh, if you're not a fan of him, give this a shot. Uh, This was a beautiful, pleasant surprise. Yeah, and so if you get a chance, I'm actually going to hold off on watching the premiere tonight because I'm going to take the next couple days to rewatch season one. Season one was only 12 episodes, so it's an easy, uh, you know, you can take a weekend or two or three days to knock it out. it's not a full season, and I don't even think this season's getting a full. I think it's only getting like another twelve, um, but it was renewed very quickly, um, and I, I hope it continues further. And I, I love the series so much that I'm again. I almost missed it. I didn't even realize until last night that it was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was coming up, but it totally slipped my mind, and I, I'm glad. So, Orville season one into season two. If you haven't seen it, awesome. Uh, cheap plugs and then uh we can get out of here for the year uh, at least for now um as always you can catch me on the spotlight on here on the next level podcast network as well as all the other podcasts on the next level podcast network in which there are at least two new podcasts joining the network beginning of next year we're expanding even more i think we're going to be up to 12 or 14 podcasts Uh, into January of next year, which is fantastic. Um, I love that the network is, is, uh, is building and it's, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, but next level radio online.com is where you can find all of the podcasts that are on the next level podcast network. Um, 
Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online. The Facebook page for this podcast, Next Level Radio, uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, we want to hear your feedback on Titan. So, uh, so you can do that in one of two ways. One, send us an email at DC Primetime at Next Level Radio Online.com or simply message us on the Facebook page and we'll get it that way too. Last but not least, uh, we encourage you to follow us on Twitter. This is such a mouthful. Uh, I've got to find a way <laughs> to condense this. There's so much now. Um, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DC Primers on both platforms. That's awesome. Uh, you can always find me at uh, also nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. It is your monthly pop culture show on the next level uh, where it is a roundtable of anywhere from four to six of us. Uh, and I think we're going to be making some larger changes this year. I think we're you're going to be seeing a. It's a downside about doing a roundtable. It's a it's an expensive process if you have <laughs> that many people. Uh, but I think I'm going to bite the bullet this year and fully upgrade our equipment. Original, uh, you know, full mics for everybody. Uh, a new mixing board, all that jazz, and uh, kind of up our game. But uh, I know last year I think we only released eight or nine episodes. I think we're going to be plotting out the full year. Uh, and trying to um, make sure to give you guys a full year. It's always tricky, but um, I really want to kind of take 2019 as a special year for that show. And um, I think you're going to be seeing a lot from us. So Yeah, and it's it's I love being a part of it, too. Anytime you guys invite me over, which is almost every time. But, um, yeah, I, I just love it. It's a, it's a great opportunity for us to just kind of geek out on pop culture. Yeah, and we actually get into some serious, serious conversations and discussions on that show, too. And I, I think it's a really good place to kind of talk about things like inclusion and representation and just why we love the things we do. And, and it gives us everybody an insight to who we are uh, and, you know, with our geekiness. Like, you know, that's one of the things I really kind of love that we kind of added to the show over the last couple of years is usually almost every topic. The first way we discuss it is our introduction to those things when we were kids, uh, which I think brings a fun quality to it because you get to see where we're coming from when we have those discussions. So it's a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm a, thank you always for being such a big part of that, Ben. Um, yeah. it's, it's always a blast I, to have you on I appreciate you, you making me a part of it. Um, yeah. And I, I think this is a good opportunity since this is the last show of 2018 that people are going to be hearing, uh, you know, to kind of talk about this, if, if only just for a couple minutes. Um, the Next Level Network has, has always been a very pop culture heavy um, network when it comes to its shows. I mean, we have obviously DC Primetime, the show cast, uh, or the spotlight, which I do is, you know, interviews with people from pop culture, television, movies, things like that. Uh, you know, our, our friends Zach and uh, Chad over at Two Fat Dudes, they do a lot of pop culture topics. Pat from The Melting Pat touches on them, but he touches on sports and wrestling and things like that. Um, I, I want to put this out there to anybody who might be interested in starting a podcast and looking for a platform to do it, uh, to please feel free and reach out to me because even if it's not a pop culture centric podcast, we're very open to, I, I, I like to pride myself on the network being something that's a little taste of something for everybody. Um, to be a place you can go that if one thing doesn't meet your find meet your fancy, there's always something on the network that will. Uh, and one of the podcasts that we do have starting next week, uh, next week, well, actually, it might be next week at this point, uh, next year into 2019, is somebody is actually bringing a podcast that is basically just conversations with interesting people. Uh, they have, might have nothing to do with pop culture. They might be somebody who just does a lot of work in charity and things like that. And I'm extremely excited for that podcast because it is something different. Uh, and I, I think it's going to get a lot of attention because of that. So, um, 
just from myself, you know, Rob, I want to thank you for bringing making Caffeine Crew a part of the network um, and being a part of it, not just on this podcast, but, you know, with Caffeine Crew. Uh, and just thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast, because whether it's just this podcast or any other podcast, uh, just by listening to this podcast, you've made yourself part of the Next Level family. Oh, absolutely. And oh, God, you know what? The one thing I got to say, too, is uh, I'm incredibly excited about 2019. Yes. I, I forget if we, we, we set a name for it, but I think we, we settled. What is it? Is it still afraid of the dark or tales of the from the Midnight Society? It's one of the two of them. I yeah. think we're still kicking things around. But uh, us going back and looking at Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, and um, I think what we were saying, maybe even like old Halloween specials from when we were growing well, up. Not to only that, modern but day and, one of the other things I thought of yeah. that we could absolutely do with that, too, is we could talk about old Shel Silverstein um, books like the uh, um, uh, what is it? The Attic. Oh, I, yeah. You know, scary stories to tell in the dark. Sc- and like, um, um, the, the, yeah. Oh, God. I, I But they were books I loved, and I can't remember the titles. Oh, I'm yeah, going to no. save my life. But, I mean, it's going to be a limited-run podcast. It's not going to be a full... It'll um, run probably in September and October. Uh, yeah, more for the Halloween season. But I'm extremely excited about that. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot yeah. of cool stuff that's going to be happening with the network uh, in 2019. So it's something to keep on out on, not just for the po- this podcast, but everything that we do. Yeah, so, absolutely. But... On that note, again, next week we're going to, it's going to be our first show of 2019. We're going to talk about the final four episodes, episodes 8 through 11 of Titans. Uh, And then for the following two weeks after that, we're still going to be bringing you content, but we are actually going to be on a little bit of a break. Uh, So we might bring you, I haven't decided on what it's going to be yet, but we might find some great panels that were done out there we'll bring you the audio to those uh we might revisit some of the panels that i did uh, over the past of the couple years uh and some interviews that we've done in the past as well so we're still going to be bringing you content we're still going to be bringing you news over the course of the next two weeks uh but you're not going to be hearing us recent until the arrowverse shows return and i think that's january 20th is when supergirl returns um uh, January, yeah, January 20th uh, is when Supergirl returns. So the following Sunday, the 27th, will be the first fresh episode of ours that you're going to be hearing. But again, you're still going to be getting a weekly podcast from us between now and then. Right. And again, like I said, you'll hear next week the next episode of Titans we're, that we're going to start recording in a few minutes. Um, and yeah, like I said, if there's any major news, obviously we'll we'll still jump in to record those things, get them added into the mix uh, some way, shape, and form. So just keep your eyes on the classic Facebook page facebook.com slash DC And not only that, um, we are still going to be active on the Facebook page. We're not taking a break from that. We're still going to be posting your news stories. We're still going to be interacting with you guys on the Facebook page. Uh, We're not going away from that. We're just simply taking a break from recording. And that's that's what it is. Um, So with that being said, thank you again for a great 2018. Um, We'll see you guys in 2019 for Titans Part 3. Uh, until that time, we'll see. Have a happy new year, and we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.